Welcome back to the Raising the Revival Generation podcast. I'm Bethany, and this is Jason, and welcome to episode four. If you haven't done so already, you can take this time to subscribe, follow, heart, share, all those things that come with social media. Yeah, and if you haven't done so already, we are giving away a book. Uh, It's How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation by Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and you can go ahead and find our post on Facebook or Instagram that's titled Episode 3 Giveaway. You did good. Thanks. I did it. I did the intro. took four episodes to get to that point. It... Mm -hmm. What? Nothing. But uh, anyways, (laughs) do you have... Anything else you want to do? Or is it my turn? It's your turn. Oh, okay. So so the way these podcasts work is when we sit down, we normally sit here for like 10 minutes trying to figure out uh, how to start, and then we try to figure out where we're going. We're like and, Michael Scott. And yeah, sometimes we start <laughs> talking without the destination, the end destination being on the map, uh, so we kind of make it up as we go. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to start this episode off based off of our last episode where we talked about putting God first in your family and being in, really uh, seeking Him and uh, and the, how that opens up the door for God to become first in your kid's life. This is essentially what we were talking about in the last episode. But I wanted to, I was just reminded of the story of Samuel. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and I was thinking about this in parenting, is that Samuel is born and his mom brings him to the temple and she, and she, she gives them to the priest because she said, like, God, if you give me this child, I will give him back to you. And so she, she's true to her word. She brings him there. And then Eli is the priest. And so uh, Samuel hears God's calling on his life at a young age. He literally hears the voice of God calling him, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And, and he keeps going back to the person who's supposed to be the spiritual mentor of his life. Right. Right. And every time he goes back to him, he's, he's asleep. And he goes, just go back to sleep. You're just dreaming. You're just mm-hmm. dreaming. And then finally it clicks in his head. That this boy is hearing from God. And so he, he says, next time you hear that voice, Samuel, say this. After like three times of waking him up. And as a parent, I can understand like, like just go to sleep, please. Please go to sleep. Yeah. Um, because with seven kids, it's like every hour one of them is doing something. So that's seven hours of the night <laughs> of your yeah. life that you don't get to have. But anyways, uh, back to my story. When when he, he finally says, he realized that it's the voice of God and he says to him, uh, Tell, say, what is it, Lord, your servant's listening is pretty much what he tells him. And I was just thinking about how that applies to, like, parenting yeah. and being and being in tune with the Spirit. So now Eli was the priest. He was supposed to be in tune with the Spirit, but he had gone long periods of time with not hearing the Word of God. And so when God started moving in the young man's life, Samuel, he had no clue at first. Mm. And and in the, in the scheme of parenting and what that looks like is... It, tying it back to our previous episode is putting God first is, is being able to hear the voice of God. So when, you, when your kids are experiencing things of God in their life and they have questions, they can go to you who's the spiritual mentor of yeah. them and you are able to, to speak into that and to be able to do something about that. Right. So in that story, it's two different things. It's number one, uh, what would happen if Samuel had been taught to hear the voice of God and to recognize that. And number two, um, Eli. Yeah. And number two, with Eli, what would have happened if he had, like, faith or, like, that he knew that Samuel knew how to hear the word of God? And also, probably with Eli being able to hear the word of the Lord himself, too. 
But I think that's what ends up happening in our lives. We we kind of get comfortable, and so we we lose. We we forget what God's voice sounds like, and what God mm. does, what God. And some of the times we don't even know what God's voice sounds like. That's the that's other true. thing. He was living in the in the temple. He should have been the one that knew the presence of God, knew the voice of God, but he didn't. And and it's almost like he gets passed over because he forfeited right. that in his life and mm-hmm. in his and in, in his family really because you, what you find out is that his sons are terrible. Right. They're the they are the worst. He did not do a good job of instilling uh, faith in the word of God into their life, and they end up going out and being just terrible people, yeah. stealing from people, um, a whole bunch of like messing around, and fooling around, and so they end up getting cut off. Right. And uh, by the end of the story, what you find is um, is that Samuel has this amazing calling where he's anointing kings, and even King David, who would be a man after God's own heart, that's right. what he's doing, while Eli falls out of the chair and breaks his neck. Right. And it's such a, it's such a, 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 drastic, uh, a drastic change from what should have been and then the calling of God on the next generation. Right. And so as as we step into this episode of the podcast, it's understanding that that it's not you don't forfeit a calling when you start speaking into somebody else's life. Actually, that's part of your calling. Mm. So with your kids, like your calling, your greatest calling is as a parent. And that parent role is to is to is to instill faith into your kids' life. Like right. we keep saying it's it's you're the one that introduces them to this Jesus that you love so much that you want your kids to know because he's amazing and he's, he does amazing things in your life and he's gonna do amazing things in their life. Like you are the the one who does that and then you continue to help that relationship flourish. So so my personal relationship with Jesus is amazing, but it's also awesome that I get to be a part of my kids relationship with Jesus too and I and when they hear things or when they see things or when they're reading things in their bible that they don't have to be like what is this what is this what is this what, yeah. is, this? what is this they can come to us as parents and we can be like this is what this is this is what God's doing in your life this is what God wants to do in your life and and um and being that voice that that can that can point them to God and be right. that be that thing and and so that that was just as we finished last episode it kind of stuck with me resonated mm. with me that but that's really our job, and 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 what it, when we don't do it right, we look a lot like Eli in the story. Right, right. We look a lot like Eli. Well, and I think about this. We had a student recently, and we were talking about scripture memorization, and they brought us the scripture that they didn't they didn't know anything about it, and they said, "What does this even mean? Like I've read it, I don't understand." Like first of all, we were not only did they read it, they said they were gonna they memorized it, they memorized which is, it, yeah, which is funny. To me. And we were impressed that they were doing that and that they were in their Bible. Um, but this is a, a student who comes from a an unsaved family. He's the second one. His his grandmother is saved, um, but he's the second one really, and in, in his immediate, he's the, really the first one to be saved, and so he doesn't have parents who can guide him in scripture so he just has been kind of reading this and stuck like you know what what do I do keep going what is this and and uh it it made me think like number one as parents who are Christians and raising our children it's a privilege and it's an honor but it's also it's vitally important that we are investing into our children into their scripture reading and into that time because not everybody has that and so, like, when we're given these kids, and we talk about this all the time here, that we're supposed to steward, it's important that we're actually doing that. And just being Christians and going to church, is that's not enough. That doesn't yeah, fulfill and, it. And I heard someone say, just actually, we went to visit a church, and the pastor said, church is not a place you go to. Church is a people you are. Sure. Yeah. And so that, that means that everywhere we go, 
we we are the church, even yeah. in our in our family, and even in our family unit. The basic um, breakdown of a church is families. Right. right? As they come together, that that's right. the body complete. Um, but uh, but with that is understanding that 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 you are you are still a, a church when you're in your family unit. Like it doesn't it Christian Christianese tends to we like I said I keep bringing this up is that we separate it out. Yeah. But it's really not. Right. It's really when you're in your, you're, I'm still a Christian, a follower of Christ, as I parent my kids. Right. Right. Um, and and so often, another thing that just came to mind is is when we talk about like how the family is so deconstructed throughout the week. Like the kids go over here, the mm-hmm. parents go over here. The mm-hmm. kids have sports, they have school, they have drama practice, they have, whatever it is. They have friends, they houses, they go over sleepovers. Whatever it is that, that it's so divided, then you, there's work, there's meetings, there's business that has to happen. Also, there's shopping, grocery stop, shopping. Right. There's all these different things that divide the family. And even even sometimes a church can be that dividing factor where they constantly separate out the kids from the family. And, and I'm like I said in the last episode, I'm going to say it again. I'm a big component for 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 kids' church because I hope they so. because well, first of all, my wife teaches <laughs> in one. Uh, so, but second of all, they get filled. They yeah. they get to go in and hear the word of God in a message that's tailored to them. Right. But we don't need we don't give up our position because of that. That's important. We don't give up our role and our responsibility. I am always going to be dad and father and the lead shepherd of my kids. Right. And actually, as as youth pastors and children's pastors, it's actually our job. Our job is not to raise Christian like Christians. Like that's not our job. Our job isn't to be the only spiritual nourishment and food that students get throughout the week. In fact, really what we're called to do is to come alongside the family and partner with parents um, rather than make a replacement. And that happens often. So it's like, well, they go to youth group or they go to kids church, right? But but during the week, like we only get a couple hours a week. You know, we get maybe an hour and a half a week, depending on how old they are. Parents, you're, you know, you have all the time, you have the whole time. And so pastors, youth pastors, students pastors, we just fill a very small spot and we're not supposed to be the spiritual, I don't know. The, 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 well, the main course. Right. That's not, that's not our position. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like, like food, right? You don't just live off of a one a day pill. Right. Right. That, that, that's a supplement. Right. It's something you take along with a meal. The meal is what you live off of. That's that's sure. that that's the essence of how you live. You don't just live off of pills. Right. And so, as as ministers, it's it's not superseding the parents' role. I mean, sometimes we have to step in just because we have a lot of kids sure. who are in church. Yeah, they don't have fa- fathers and mothers. That's the majority so of our yeah. personal ministry. But if if you're a father and a mother who believe in Jesus and you and and you're a be- like a believer, a Christ follower, then then the church doesn't. The, we don't supersede that role as ministers. Actually, we come alongside. Right. And and that's really what it is. Is is so I'm the head shepherd of my flock, which is right. the Klebs family. Amen. And uh, and I, Christ, well, actually, Christ is the head shepherd, yeah. and I'm following him. Right. And I'm following in his footsteps for my family. It's the breakdown of church to like the the purest form, which is me ministering to my kids. Right. Um. And and that's really what it is. And and so I think about history, right? And when they had like the industrial revolution and all mm-hmm. these kids are being neglected and there was a big void and right. gap in the family unit was what kind of when Sunday school kind of came along because you had all these kids who were like orphans sure. and street kids and really neglected and they needed some kind of uh, biblical instruction because it was neglected. 
Yeah. It wasn't the way God intended, but it's the right. way it happened because of right. mankind and our fallenness. And so, so they come along and they, I forget the name of the guy who makes Sunday school a big thing. And you don't remember either, obviously. No. So there you go. But, uh, but, Not my forte. But what we did is we, we took what was a substitute for the way God intended and we made it the model. Right. The model, the, the whole, the Bible is so clear about how we are to raise our kids that it's not the church's job to raise our kids. Um, and that's important to know. Because last episode we talked about creating venues for God to, to, to speak to them. But I want to highlight this thought so that you don't push the responsibility off, is that you are the venue. That's right. You are the conduit that's in your right. kid's life yeah. through which the Holy Ghost moves. And so that I just felt like before we got too far into this, that we don't give a, a reason to escape out of it. Yes. But, uh, but to really hone in on the responsibility of parenting in a child's life. Right. Sending your children to youth group, church, kids' church, events, camps. Not bad. Conferences, not bad. Good. But that's not, the, that's not the whole point. That's not the main point. That's just a piece of the puzzle, right? And so it is. Um, and that's like something I think that happens often in with children who are raised in Christian families. It's that... It becomes almost an experience-based relationship. So they go places, they see things happen, they have a moment of something happening, and then life goes back to the same, right? And it's, you know, something that we see, especially in youth ministry, you know, we see the hype for a conference, right? And then these kids get passionate and they get sold out and then it drops. And then they wait and they'll be like, oh, I can't wait, you know, next year for this conference because God's going to move. And like, well, God can move now and he wants to move now. And so how do we facilitate that? And that's the question is, as parents, how do we facilitate this during the week, during their time, during their everyday life um, beyond place to place? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's being able to cultivate that culture in your house, actually. That's that's really what it comes down to is that... (laughs) is that if we can really get back to the biblical model, right. then when it says to train a child in the ways that he should go or they should go, that, that begins at the most basic unit, which is the family unit. Mm-hmm. The church is a family of family, meaning that, that it, it's, it's, its whole body, the fulfillment of the body, is made up by individual family units and structures. And the strength of those family units and structures matters right. because that's the strength of the church. Um, and a thing that I like to say when I speak to parents, the few times I get to is that is that we have the greatest we have the greatest spot in our kids' hearts, yeah, because they love us, right. So so what I say is weighty to my daughters and it's weighty to my kids because I have the most real state in their heart, mm-hmm. and um, and because of that, the way I respond and the way I treat them and the way I say things matters to them. Now we get a lot of kids who come from broken families. Mm-hmm. And 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 just the whole mess that comes with the brokenness leaves them broken inside because their parents have so much real estate in their heart that it just tears them apart to see the division, see the hurt, and see all those things happening. But but understanding that that because we have the most real estate in their heart, we have the most opportunity to speak life and to help them grow spiritually. It's not a speaker at a conference. He might he might give them the tingly feelings of the, right. and they might feel the presence, but we actually get to instill it into their hearts. Sure. And when you think about like the parable of the sower, right, it says that the man, he goes out and he throws the seed, which is the gospel, and lands on the different soils, yep. is, that, is that we have that opportunity to do that in our kid's life, but also we get the opportunity to till the soil. Right. Not, not everybody gets to have the opportunity to till the soil in someone's life, but we do with our kids. Right. 
so we can make that we can harden their hearts by our attitudes and by our if we're hypocritical in the way we do things or if we're one way at home and then when we go outside the home we're completely different like that is an opportunity to harden their hearts we can we can quench their faith by by being negative all the time or by um even even not I mean, we can just quench, you can quench your faith a whole bunch of ways. You can throw, yeah. you can throw water on the fire easily. A lot of people right. do that. Right. Um, but, but very few people get the opportunity, like, like when you're talking about conferences, you can send them to the conferences. Mm-hmm. And like I said, those aren't bad. Um, but you got to remember the responsibility of being a parent is to till the soil. Right. So you remove the weeds. Yeah. You break up the thorns. You, you break the, the hard ground through love because you have the most real estate on their heart, but you also have the chance to, to cause callous. Right. But that's why Paul says, he says, don't be, don't be overbearing on your children because you might set a standard that they can't meet, so they're always constantly feeling like a failure. Sure. And rather than running towards God, this God that you proclaim, they run away from God because mm-hmm. you've been so it's too much. hard. Yeah, it's too much. It's a bur- Jesus says, take my yoke upon you because my burden is easy. Right. Like We need to make that easy for our kids. Right, right. Well, it's like what we're talking about at our church right now, what our pastor just preached about this Sunday, is that um, a lot of times you have evangelism, and then right from evangelism you want to go into discipleship because that's our next steps, right? But what he talked about this week is actually in the middle, there's something actually that we miss in the middle, and that's fellowship, right? Because if you think of a newborn baby, and we've had a lot of them, right? What does a newborn baby need? What do they crave? What do they desire? Well, they need someone to hold them. Some, they need love, they need someone to feed them, and they need somebody to change them. This that time, they need that connection. It, babies thrive, especially off of like physical connection, right? Um, and being close to their moms and being close to their dads. They don't need anyone else. They need mom and dad, and they need um, that fellowship. And so when you think about that in regards to our children, right? When they're when they're young, that they need that like that fellowship of like creating that foundation and, and creating that soil and that's love and it's connection and it's and it's gentleness and it's um patience <laughs> and it's i think even like joy and wonder i think it's, it's pretty much all the fruit it's of the all of it and and i think <laughs> of like specifically of like joy and wonder you know a lot of times kids are hard you know they are hard they do things that frustrate you and and you're like, why can't you just listen? Why can't you get, you know, just do this? And a lot of times we miss joy in raising our kids and just like who they are and the wonder that we have these little human beings that like are entrusted to us. And the idea that, that each one is uniquely made. Mm-hmm. So like, so God called Samuel by name and he's calling each and one of our, each one of our kids by name. Like mm-hmm. he has, he has a specific unique calling to each one based on their character. And I remember when Adeline was really little, she was so defiant. <laughs> and we always used to say... She's like Jaira Mercy now. <laughs> yes. We used to say that when, when, if we could get that so that she has, so that she believes in God, she would be so resilient and defiant sure. in her faith that she wouldn't listen to anybody but God. Right. And... That's what we're seeing now. That's what we're seeing, yeah. Yeah. So, so that became a reality, but, but we didn't, we didn't, we didn't squash it. But we saw it as a character, um, not not a flaw, but a strength when it's honed in in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's really understanding, like who your child is, right. and, and 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 cultivating that in their life, so that it's not a it's not a character flaw. Right. 
Right. But it's actually a, a strength that needs to be redirected in the right place. And when you have the streams of the Holy Spirit flowing in their lives, that's what it becomes. It becomes a strong, a, a, a strength in their life. Mm-hmm. So, so Adeline is very defiant in her faith. Right. So if things 